A 22-year-old seems like a child. They were young men. Very young men. Like Rafe? Like Rafe. He took a drink from his cup and continued. So there they were, standing hunched and damp on the gallows in a drizzling rain, their wrists and manacles, gazing out at the shifting black sea of umbrellas shielding the spectators come to see their deaths. Decent folk, the newspapers called the onlookers, the kind who said their prayers and pinched their pennies and turned a blind eye to the suffering of anyone not exactly like themselves. Nearly two hundred of these leading citizens, dressed in their appropriately somber finery, were packed inside the prison courtyard, along with dozens of reporters and the families of the condemned, while outside the walls, a crowd of several thousand gathered in a shabby, sodden, bovine mass of morbid curiosity and dumb bloodlust. What's bovine? I interrupted him. They were like cows. What's sodden? They were like wet cows. He sighed. Listen, son, I'm not going to talk down to you and use baby words, but you can't keep breaking in on a man when he's telling a story. I nodded and vowed not to ask any more questions. I'd make a mental list and look up the words tomorrow in the dictionary at school. This happened almost 140 years ago. The government had abolished public executions, but private ones were still allowed. Bankers, merchants, lawyers, politicians, and businessmen of every stripe, along with their wives and daughters, were there by invitation only, holding tickets that everyone had tried to get. They were a pretty pale blue in color and adorned with a small gold seal and the signature of Walker T. Dawes, the man himself. Everyone knew Walker Dawes. He owned all the mines and lived on a mountain outside of town in a mansion covered in windows that glittered on sunny days, like the earth had been slashed open, revealing crystal underneath, instead of more black coal. I wasn't sure how he could have been alive back when the Nellies were around and still be alive today. I chalked it up to the superhuman longevity of fairy tale villains and comic book evil geniuses. Hanging was the cruelest way to kill someone, too many things could go wrong. It wasn't like a firing squad where the victim could take comfort in the certainty that at least one of the bullets would prove instantly fatal, or even the guillotine, where his fate wouldn't rest on the competence of a rope knotted by the unsure hands of men, but in the dependable precision of a blade. If the Nellies were lucky, they'd been told, their necks would break and they'd lose consciousness and wouldn't be present for their own deaths. If they were especially lucky, they'd dive shock the moment the trapdoor fell open, and they wouldn't have to endure even that much. But if they weren't so lucky, they would be slowly strangled while their hearts continued to beat and their heads continued to know, and luck was something they'd been short on lately. He stopped suddenly. My heart was racing, and I was hanging on his every word. No one told these kinds of stories to little kids, except for bigger kids, and the ones around here were too dumb to make up anything this good. You know why they were being hung? Tommy asked me. This was long before I'd read about the Nellie O'Neills in history books, before I'd visited their museum in Nora Daly's attic, before their alleged ghosts would star in paranormal reality TV shows, but it was impossible to live in Lost Creek and not know something about them even as a young child. The town was full of their descendants, and the gallows where they had perished were still standing next to the little brick jail where they had spent their final days. I'd never been inside the prison courtyard, but the crossbars could be seen rising ominously over the crumbling stone wall, 
Their shape and meaning not exactly clear to me, yet they filled me with a sick dread nonetheless. Like the first time I saw my mother standing by the kitchen sink, her eyes as empty as those of a corpse, softly, methodically stabbing holes in a raw chuck roast with a screwdriver, I knew I should be afraid, but I didn't know why. They murdered someone, I answered him. They murdered two someones, he corrected me. Two of their bosses, and they cut off a man's ear and cut out the tongue of a priest and were also responsible for a lot of random head bashing. Why did they do all that? Back then the conditions in the mines were horrible, beyond imagining. A clammy, invisible hand began tickling the base of my spine, then traveled to the back of my neck where it grabbed hold and slowly began to choke the air out of me. The mines frightened me much more than a gallows ever could. I was claustrophobic and afraid of the dark, and the thought of toiling in cramped tunnels.